TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Back to Cooley and Cabin. Brought to you by NATCA on the Team 980 and the Team 980S. So, and correcting my New York Giant counterpart, the greatest sports franchise in the world resides in our nation's capital. So at the 59th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, and on behalf of owner Dan Snyder, President Bruce Allen, Senior VP and Super Bowl 22 MVP Doug Williams, Coach Jay Gruden, and their entire coaching staff are the three-time world champions. The Washington Redskins select Darius Geis, running back, LSU. Good job by Gary Clark down in Dallas to introduce the Redskins' second-round pick. Kevin Sheehan here. Chris Cooley is off this week. He took his family to Disney World, where I'm sure he's having a great time. Uh, The Redskins have received high marks for the draft just completed, and this was the first draft for Doug Williams in his role as Senior VP of Player Personnel. Doug joins us now. Doug, first of all, I know you've been involved in a lot of drafts over the years, but given sort of the situation that this was the first First one with you in the role you have right now. Did you enjoy yourself? I, I really did. Um, you know, this is the first one, like you say, to be in this situation where, you know, part of the decision making and 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 putting my two cent in on what, where we should go, what have you. It's, it certainly was exciting, and uh, I'm just glad we was able to do some of the things that we we did on on Thursday through Saturday. What was different for you in this draft in this new role versus years past? Well, you know, the, the role I've had in the past, you know, my job was to do reports, uh, give them to the people who's supposed to have them and, and let those people decide on which direction to go. Uh, as far as on draft day being in the mix, as far as decision making, you, you didn't have that much uh, say so per se. You just sat back and watched the, the people at hand uh, make a decision and, and it was up to you. And, and we mostly agree with most of the decision made, but you didn't have your hand in it at that particular time. Was there any moment during this draft where there was not a consensus and you had to step forward and say, this is what we're going to do? Yeah, uh, I think even even with the first pick, you know, uh, we had put some guys on the board that we like. A lot of guys that went off the board and still with some guys on the board that, um, you know, sitting around the table and, and we just 
kind of say to ourselves which which way we should go. And there were some people that wanted to go another way and some people that wanted to go the other way. And, you know, we kind of talked about where we are, what, what we was really looking for. And if the guy that we was looking for is right there in your face and the guy that we needed was right there, I think that was the way to go. And eventually that's, that's the direction we went. Now, to me, the most scary moment of the whole draft was when we dread, when we decided to go down and not knowing whether the guy's going to be there or not. Uh, we took a gamble. You know, at the end of the day, the gamble paid off because we didn't have a third round. And, you know, I was wondering the question in the pre-draft interview was, was well, we going to try to recoup the third round? It wasn't that we was went in to recoup the third round. The opportunity allowed us to come up with a third-round pick. And to be able to do that and, and be able to pick the tackle, but at the same time, Geis was sitting right there at, at pick number 59. It was hard to pass up with guys that we had on the board as uh, a first-round talent um i'll I'll tell you what let's start there uh because i do want to go back to deron Payne in a moment because i think you said something interesting that i want to follow up on but on the move back first of all when you move back like that do you have a couple of players in mind that you are confident that one of say a group of two three four players will be there at 74 well, what we did, we went from 44 to 59. I mean, 50, I'm sorry, 44 to 59. Yeah. So and 15 spots. Are you confident that three or four players that, you'll, that you really want will be there at 59 when you make a well, move I, like I that? Well, I think what, what we did, you got to put more than, than three players on the board. Okay. And I think what we did, we came up between eight to seven guys, 78 guys that we would take at that spot if they was there. And as, as some of the guys that we had up there went, we kind of crossed them out. We crossed them out one by one. And when we got to <laughs> Geis, he was still there. And so we circled the wagon, and, and we decided to go with Geis. So there were other players, too, that you oh, were yeah. considering taking at 59 as well. Well, well you, you, you would have had to, Kevin, if, if Geis had been gone. Sure. And, and that's what we do. Rather than put two or three guys up, you, you put about seven or eight guys on the board. You figure in 15 picks, you got a chance of getting one one out of seven or eight guys out of 15. Was Geis, and, though, Doug, the player you wanted to be there when you traded back? You were hoping. Oh, let me tell you, he was there at 44. It was a tough decision. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough decision to move back knowing that just about, just about, not everybody, not just about everybody in that room. Wanted guys, and but now you get a third round pick, which you you hope that you get a good football player, and I think we did. You know, you get a third round pick and say, you know what, we're gambling because he might not be there, and you just sit at your seat and you watch the picks go, or you watch them go, and you say to yourself, who needs a running back? Who needs a running back? And a couple running backs went in front of him, around him, which made it good for us. We realized that you know what. He might be that far, and and Lord and lo and behold, he was. All right, so we're talking to Doug Williams, and this stuff is always interesting after the fact for fans to sort of understand what went into it in the moment. There are all those stories out there about Geis. Do you believe he fell because of those stories that were out there? And why were you and the team comfortable with your due diligence on the player? I'm, I'm glad you you asked me that, Kevin. Let, let me say this: I know Geis. You got to understand, I'm from right outside the Baton Rouge area, and I know where he's from. What what we have not done, and a lot of people have not done for this this young guy, is give him credit for surviving from where he come from. 
You know, if you read a story, that was a story in Baton Rouge paper the other day, and and talked about where he was from and all the things that he had to go to from go through, like his daddy getting shot yep. shot down when he was six years old, and all the other things and the area that he grew up in. But here's a guy that went uh, to school probably <laughs> two miles from where he grew up, and you never heard of a failed drug test. You never heard of a DWI. You never heard anything about a domestic violence. You know, you heard a lot of people out there who was putting stuff out there, and then we don't know who did that. You know, unfortunately, that the kid had to deal with that, and I think he has handled it as as, as good as anybody could have. And he's a fun-loving, high-energy type of guy. And you know, like I said, I know him. I know exactly where he's from. Uh, you know, my my niece, my my niece is a basketball coach at the high school that is located in his area, and I know the area real well. They call it the bottom, and and when they say the bottom, that's that's a lot of a lot goes into that. And for him to come out the bottom, and and to be where he is today, I think he's been unfair. Um, just you know. It's really, it's well put because so many times people don't recognize the backstory, Doug, and they also sometimes look at these people and don't realize how young they really are. I mean, they're only 21, 22 years old. Um, There's a lot of life uh, experience and maturity to go. We're talking to Doug Williams. What kind of back or who is his cop? He says that it's Marshawn Lynch. Do you see the same? No, he's not Marshawn. I'm not going to do do Marshawn like that. But I'll tell you what, he has some violence in the way he runs. This this guy has feet, he has vision, he has power, and he has speed. He has everything that you want as a back. What what we have not seen of him is a lot of catching out of the backfield because he went to a school that didn't throw to the running backs. But we went to his workout, and, and that's one of the things they did at the workout where threw him passes out the backfield. He has good enough hands to do that if we ask him to do that. But this guy has everything you want in a complete back. All right, let's go back to the first round pick, Deron Payne, for a moment. Because you said that there, you know, the consensus, there was discussion in the room about other players. Can you tell me who some of those players were? Was one of them Derwin James? I think it would be unfair, Kevin, because they don't blow stuff. <laughs> but there were a couple. Yeah, they blow to somebody else now. But there were a couple but, of but players there that, it, oh, that it were was in good the conversation. It was, it was real good players that was in the conversation. And uh, we had to make a choice. I mean, it wasn't no easy choice. Uh, you know, I'm not calling it a name, but it was two players that when we got to our pick, that him and another guy was in the discussion. And you can say whatever you want, Kevin. You might be right in calling the name, but I'm not going to call it. Okay, so let me ask you this question. There, you, I know there was discussion about potentially trading back. Was that opportunity presented to you when you were on the clock at 13 or before? Yeah, the phone always ringing. The phone is always ringing. But because uh, one of the guys that we really, really wanted was there, uh, it was hard to trade back because when you look at this draft, you know, if you within the top 20 picks, the 9 out of 10, every team after that want an opportunity to trade back so they can pick up more picks. Sure. But, but we was in that, in that neighborhood where, 
I don't know how good of a draft choice that we would have gotten to trade back and got the player that we really wanted. So we had to go with uh, the guy that we picked. I, I think that makes a lot of sense to those of us that were, you know, following it from afar. Because the New Orleans, you know, deal uh, to move up to 14 in Green Bay spot, was that deal potentially there for you? But because it would have gone all the way back to 27, you wouldn't have gotten the player that you wanted there. We, we did talk to New Orleans a couple more teams, uh, call, you know, but uh, everybody, we, we probably had four or five teams who was trying to get there. But we also understood that where they were, you know, <laughs> you know, when that's where we want to be next year. <laughs> you know, we want to be slot next year. Yeah, we, we don't want to be 13 next year. We want to be back there. But we also understand a team like uh, the guys that are picking in that 25th spot all the way to 32 had a good year. <laughs> Of you course. know what I mean? Yeah. And they feel like they might be one or two players away, so they can afford to make that gamble. And uh, we thought about it long and hard, and we had a chance to, to get the guy that we thought we really needed and, and to help us to be a better football team, and that's what we did. Tell Redskin fans what they're going to love most about Deron Payne. Let me tell you, he's a football-playing Jesse, and you've heard that cliche a lot. But what this kid does, we went down to visit him down in Alabama. We had a chance to visit him in, in Indy. Um, you're talking about a defensive lineman that knows what everybody's supposed to do across the front and everybody behind him. He, you're talking about a well-coached, well-mannered, humble individual who is all about football. You know, the thing about it, the good part about this just to see him and Jonathan now for us, you know, we got a young defensive line that can grow grow together. And I think that was one of the reasons why we went the direction we went. And it wasn't so much because he was from Alabama. He just so happened to be from Alabama and a pretty good player that has played well at Alabama that we feel like can help us. Is it fair to say that you guys have sort of a good feeling about – and why wouldn't you? A Nick Saban coached player and also a Bud Foster coached player. Because you've taken Alabama players, you've taken Virginia Tech players, you took two more Virginia Tech players in this draft and Alabama players. Is there a comfort level knowing that these guys are coming out of these programs with these coaches? I think I think what Alabama has done, what Virginia Tech has done over the years, volume for, for, for what we look at their players as. Yeah, number one, they're going to be well coached. Uh, they're going to be smart, and they're going to make tough plays and great plays. And uh, that's what we feel about the guys that we've taken from, from Alabama and the guys we've taken from Virginia Tech. You know, to, to take Tim, Tim Sellers, who we had way up on the board, you know, we knew what he did. We watched the film. We watched the tape. And a young guy, I mean, you're talking about Sellers, Payne, and Jonathan. Sellers, 20 years old. Right. You know, pain is right at twenty twenty one, and Jonathan not too many days over twenty two. That's a young defensive front that can really grow and be be something to reckon with. Uh, we're joined by Doug Williams. Let's go in order here because we've already talked about Payne and Geis. Let's get back to the third-round selection, which for, for Redskins fans, if you didn't know this, they ended up with a better third-round pick than the one you had and dealt to Kansas City uh, with Kendall Fuller for Alex Smith. Tell us about Jerron Christian and the kind of player he is, and Doug, whether or not there's any chance he could move inside and play guard. I don't know whether he is that guy. Is I think it might be more sensible to move Tanaseki in the guard than it is to move this kid in the guard. Got it. Um, watching him play, he plays both sides of the line of tackle. 
he was almost like a swing tackle where he went to the right, he went to the left. Um, you know, he's young. He, he's he, he's going to have to learn. He's going to have to get stronger. But athletically, he's what you want at left tackle. And as, as you know, last year we got wiped out um, on the offensive line. So you want to make sure you got some guys in line that can come in and fill in. And, and this guy here gives us that comfort level where – if anything, like last year, God hope that it doesn't happen, that you know we we won't be holding our our throats as to what's going to really happen. So we was fortunate enough to get Jerron and bring him in here and, and pair him with Callahan and in the weight room get him strong. He's already athletic enough to play. What did you like about Troy Apke, the safety from Penn State in the fourth round? He tough, speed, special team, and give us a, a option at the third safety. Um, you know, safety play has been been a problem I was over the last couple of years, whether or not it was injuries or what have you with Montre. Uh, now we feel pretty comfortable if something should happen and hope that uh, Montre doesn't get hurt like last year, that uh, Appy can come in and fill in and, and we won't miss a beat. Tim Settle, you mentioned him. Most people had either a second or a third round grade on him. Is that where you guys had him? We, we, we had him in the second round. So is he more of a true nose than Duran is? That's that's what we 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 like about the situation. You know, Duran Payne can play across the line. Well, you know, and he can play the five tech, he can play the one tech, he can play the three tech. And I think when you watch settles, settles as quick as they come. He can be a nose, he can be a three. You know, I don't think you want him on the five, but but what we have is a little versatility. And, and the guys that we have up front now, and and for have settled, said right that kid from right up around Manassas. Right, you know he is happy as they come. He came in, and he told a story that his grandmother started crying, and she <laughs> fell over the the sofa. His daddy went out screaming that my son gonna play for the Redskins. So they've been diehard Redskins fans all his life. So it was like a dream come true for him. Uh, that's a good thing for sure. Um, we're talking to Doug Williams, Sean Dion Hamilton injuries. Um, at Alabama, what did you see in him? People have talked about that being a huge value pick with a lot of upside there as well, Doug. Unbelievable. The good part about it, he don't have to play tomorrow. and But he's coming off the injuries. He's done well. Uh, one thing about this young guy here, he is the guy, when you talk about Alabama defense and how smart the guys are, he the guy that lines, lines everybody up. And, you know, when Mason Foster went down last year, we didn't have that guy who was that efficient to make sure all the plays are, are getting called. We got it done. But this guy here, I don't think we would miss a beat to make sure that everybody's lined up the way, the way they're supposed to be. And you're right. This is probably one of the best value pick of the whole draft. Greg Stroman, a corner from Virginia Tech, but also a kick and punt returner as well. Was that in mind as, as uh, when you drafted Stroman that he could re- return punts next year? You know, you got you to give um, Crowder a little rest every now and then. You know, you're talking about a guy that's uh, the starting slot receiver. That was a lot on his plate to be able to handle. And if you can get somebody that can do just a efficient job of returning kicks and and punts, and you get a guy like Strowman who also can probably play nickel, uh, some versatility there, tough kid, special team, uh, I think we got a corner with a lot of value. The last pick was the Mr. Irrelevant pick, Doug. The final pick in the draft, number 256 overall. Trey Quinn is a receiver from SMU who caught 114 passes last year. Talk about him. 
If I'm not mistaken, that's my homeboy, too. I think he's from Lake Charles, Louisiana. <laughs> you know, think about being Mr. Irrelevant, Kevin. Yep. He is more relevant than you think. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. I watched some tape on him. He can play the slot. He can play outside. And we, would be honest with you, he was on the board a lot earlier than the seventh round. And we came down to, to the seventh round with two picks left. Uh, Strowman, we had to get a corner, we thought, with some versatility. And we did that. And for um, Quinn to still be that, because Jay, Jay was beating the board for Quinn early. <laughs> well, sometimes you, you got to ignore Jay and let him go do what he got to do. Well, you proved yourself right by getting Jay's player, but later than when Jay would have taken him. Well, you got look at them. See, this is the thing. You, you, you don't pick him one time, and he might walk out the room on you, but he come back in, he's smiling because you got the guy that he wanted. <laughs> Um, overall, Doug, how long does it take to judge a draft? How many years? I, I think you got to give the guys a, a good two years to really know what you really have. But at the same time, you're going to see some flashes and dashes early on. Just like Jonathan. You know, God forbid he got hurt last year. Yeah. But Jonathan Allen was playing the best football in the defensive lineman in the league was playing. And and that's what you expect from a guy like John. That's what we're going to expect from Payne. That's what we want from Settles. That's what we're going to want from Geis is to show us why we drafted you. And, you know, if the guy don't pan out in the next two years, maybe it wasn't so much a good pick. And sometimes a, a guy might go to another team and you see him rise. You never know. Um, every year when the, the draft is over, uh, you know, I always ask whomever it is, is there a player there that you think is really – a, a player that's going to really surprise fans, maybe we won't be thinking about, that you think has an early impact. Is the, it, Who's that player in this draft? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it would be fair to pick one, but I, but I, I can say this. I think the, the Settles kid is going to give us some play that we, we expect to come from him, but I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, and he's going to allow a lot of other guys to do a lot of other things because this kid is athletic for his size. Uh, he's unbelievable balance on, on, on his feet. And uh, hopefully we don't have to depend on Hamilton because that means something happened to Mason. But he can come in and special team or what have you. It's hard to pick, Kevin, when you look at these guys to say who is the surprise. I'm hoping that neither one of them is a surprise. I'm hoping that every last one of them come in and do what we expect for them to do. I'll tell you too, Doug, you guys signed an undrafted free agent wide receiver from Indiana, Cobbs. And yes, that, Sammy Cobbs. Yeah, who's a big dude, isn't he? And he was yes. highly productive. Highly productive. And you know what? That's a kid that really can come in here and surprise a whole lot of people. Yeah, I, he really was uh, an interesting player to watch at Indiana. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. And I'm, I'm, you, you seem certainly like from a value standpoint, Doug, I know that this is hard to judge now, but right. you guys did a great job getting guys that were supposed to go a lot earlier. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Kevin. And, uh, you know, good luck to all the fans to come out and root and watch these guys play. It'll be fun. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate Thank the time. You. All right. Doug Williams, everybody. We'll follow up on that conversation when we come back. Cooley's off this week. Kevin Sheehan, Cooley and Kevin.